Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I got the answer to your question, so call me Ayan. Everybody knows the blah blah blah. Some try to test us, and you can too. But you get stepped over like your name was Talu. Bloody daddy, we don't stop the party. AC in the place, Flaker, Valen, everybody. Don't come through if your game is weak. Get knocked on your ass. Maurice Cheeks. Top five. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Punks and Dunks, a basketball podcast brought to you by GettingItOut.net. What is this? Well, like I just said, it's a basketball podcast brought to you by GettingItOut.net. I am Dan Crayla. You might be familiar with me from Getting It Out Podcast, a podcast I've been doing exploring the world of extreme music for the last seven or so years. And if you're a regular listener to that podcast... You know that I love the NBA, specifically the Philadelphia 76ers, but I punish my listeners regularly with random rants and raves regarding the National Basketball Association. And for years, I've talked about breaking off and doing a separate podcast that specifically talked about basketball and would feature guests from the world of extreme music that I cover, punk, hardcore, heavy metal. You know the deal. Because I do feel like it's rare to find people that are passionate about sports, specifically, though, the NBA. However, I do know that I'm not the only one. 
I've met and talked to plenty of people who share my passion for this sport, a sport that I grew up loving in the late 80s and early 90s and, well, through all of the 90s. My primary focus always revolved around Charles Barkley. Uh, So it was Sixers, it was Suns, it was Rockets. And by the time he retired, I admit this is where my big blind spot for the NBA begins. The years when Kobe, Shaq, Duncan, Dirk, and even the beginning of LeBron, that's a big blind spot for me. But around 10 years ago, I found myself falling back in love with the sport. And I decided to get back in on the team that I came in with, the Philadelphia 76ers. At the time, they were awful. They were mid-process. They were picking up a center every year who didn't play a single game. The frustration of not even being able to watch them because I lived in Baltimore at the time and nobody would dare show that team on national television finally ended when I moved back to Pennsylvania. It also happened to coincide with the year that Joel Embiid started playing which was his third year on the team. He only played 30 games that year, and I was able to watch almost every single one, at least from what I can recall. Thank you, NBC Sports Philadelphia. And that introduction to the Brett Brown-led iteration of the team made me fall back in love with the sport. And ever since then, I've been mildly obsessed. Of course, I watch every Sixers game, but I consume several NBA podcasts every single day. I read the articles. I check the standings. I check in on stats. And I thought, what better than to combine the two things that I love most, the music that I already talk about on Getting It Out podcast and the basketball that I enjoy with the other half of my free time. So that's what this is. That's how we ended up with Punks and Dunks, a basketball podcast brought to you by gettingitout.net. If you're not familiar with gettingitout.net, there's nothing basketball there that's going to stay exactly the way it is. And for now, you'll find these Punks and Dunks episodes right in the Getting It Out podcast feed. I think it's important to mention that this is a fan's perspective of the league. In no way do I consider myself to be an expert, unless I say I am, of course. And I'm not doing this to try to offer any type of analysis. It's just to talk about the sport that I love with people who love it as well. And that's what will be happening on Punks and Dunks. I'm sure you've noticed the similarity in the logos I use for this podcast. And I'm sure you've also noticed the unmistakable Hot Zone opening up Punks and Dunks episode one. Hot Zone provides the music for Getting It Out podcast and now made a custom song just for Punks and Dunks. I am forever in debt to the fellas in Hot Zone. In fact, if you want to go listen to a recent episode of Getting It Out podcast, I did an interview there with vocalist Cannonball that I encourage you to check out. For this premiere episode, you're stuck with just me. I want to go over some things that are happening this week in the NBA, what they're calling Rivalry Week. And we've got the announcement of the 2024 NBA All-Star Starter. (laughs) Calling this Rivalry Week was certainly a stretch by the NBA, but I guess I get what they're trying to do. Monday night uh, featured quite a few interesting matchups. The first one of which was only interesting because it was close. That was the Milwaukee Bucks scraping by against the Detroit Pistons. It may have been a sign of things to come later in the week. We'll get to that shortly. But the big news of the night revolves around two centers with exceptional scoring performances. Let's start with the bad one. Carl Anthony Towns put up 62 points in a loss against the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Charlotte Hornets are dog shit. They're near the bottom of the standings in the Eastern Conference, and they aren't considered to be any sort of contention for anything this year. It's a draft pick year for the Charlotte Hornets, and we're seeing that as they start to unload their roster. So for Carl Anthony Towns and the first place Wolves to lose to them while reaching a personal high of 62 points and subsequently getting benched in the final minutes because he was hunting that shit out 
is uh, quite funny, but I guess not if you're a Wolves fan. I can't say that I have a whole lot of sympathy for the Wolves, though I do like Anthony Edwards. And Chris Finch, the coach, is actually from here, right where I sit. He went to college at FNM in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's a little tidbit for you. But nobody gives a shit if you score 62 when you get benched and lose. So it's kind of a thing. Right. People like to hate Carl Anthony Towns. He's got the same thing going for him as Trey Young does. And it's not a compliment coming from anybody. But it looked so much worse when at the same exact time or a little bit before Joel Embiid continued his dominant MVP campaign with a 70 point effort in a decimation of the San Antonio Spurs. Now, if you look at the final score of that game, it was 133-123, which makes it look closer than it was. I admittedly missed the first half of this game as I was doing an interview with Peter Rono of Kalnashi. I did have it on my phone off to the side, but I wasn't watching intently. I didn't know the score he was running up until I was able to turn on the sound halfway through the third quarter, and I forget what number they were at, but holy shit, It was kind of, well, maybe he'll get 50, then maybe 60. And then I thought if they bench him now, that's fine. That makes sense. That's cool. And I got to admit, I think there might have been a little, uh, I think the Sixers might have been dogging it a little bit so they would get the score close enough to bring him back in and finish this thing out. And they were clearly hunting the points, getting getting him the ball whenever possible. And that's okay when you're going for something that big. It's not like a couple weeks ago when they were doing it against the Knicks while losing badly just to keep that 30 and 10 streak alive. But Embiid has just looked terrific this season. His jumper is crazy. My wife and I were at a game earlier this year and she made a comment to me that it just looks so easy when he does it. And look, she doesn't play basketball. I don't even know what her shot looks like, right? But she can see that that guy does things with ease. That little 12 to 15 footer that he takes constantly, 12 to 18, he goes out a little farther from all over the court. Looks like nothing. It looks, he barely moves. And it's a joy to watch. I'm happy he's on my favorite team. I would hate to have to play against him unless we get to the playoffs because we all know what happens. On the other side of that matchup was Victor Wembanyama having his best night of the year. I guess you could say it was his best night. Let's just say this. It wasn't his best night. It was his best scoring night of the year. He was north of 30 points. And that's great to see from the young prospect. We'll see plenty of more big games from him, I'm sure, in the future. One of the coolest things to me in that game was at the end, seeing a little moment with former Sixers coach Brett Brown, Furkan Korkmaz, Robert Covington, and of course, Joel Embiid having a moment on the court. A little discussion. They all seemed happy, joyous, laughing, having fun. Of course, all those guys were teammates and coach at one point for the 76ers. About midday Tuesday, things got kicking in the league and it wasn't good for everybody. The Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin after 43 games. Didn't seem like a big surprise to too many people, though it is a surprise when a team is in second place and has a 30 and 13 record or whatever the fuck it was. But the vibes have seemed off all year long. Nobody will disagree with that. The surprise, I guess, just to me, maybe to other people as well. But it seems like the writing was on the wall for those who knew that Doc Rivers has now slid into that position. Of course, Doc was just fired by the 76ers over the summer. He becomes the third coach currently on the payroll for the Milwaukee Bucks. They got to pay out Mike Budenholzer, who they fired over the summer, Adrian Griffin, who they just fired this week, and now Doc Rivers for another three and a half years. Yeah, he's in it for the long haul. It'll be interesting to see what he can do. As somebody from the fans perspective on the other side of the bracket, I don't mind it one bit. We all know what Doc's challenges are. I expect they'll look good right away. This is like one, kind of one of those things. It's kind of like the opposite of when Harden went to the Clippers and they looked bad right away. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think 
Doc, whenever he begins coaching for the Bucks, is going to whip them into shape. They're going to look great. The defense is going to be changed to whatever. And then we'll see a fall off as the year progresses. I could be wrong. I usually am. We'll see about that. What else happened on Tuesday? Other things like Tristan Thompson, who has had a pretty good year for the Cavs, got suspended for 25 games for an anti-doping violation. I guess that just means he was on steroids. He's had a pretty strong rebounding presence, which is rare in the league these days. You know, you have like Drummond or Sabonis, guys who get boards. But but when I was a kid, I remember it was like a big deal. You had Rodman, Malone, Oakley, Barkley, David Robinson. It was just people that were like driven by getting rebounds. And that doesn't seem to be a thing that exists anymore in the NBA. The last bit of news from Tuesday was the Miami Heat traded Kyle Lowry in some picks to the Charlotte Hornets for Terry Rozier. I've seen a lot of people mention that Scary Terry is a great addition for Miami, and maybe he is. He seems to be on the same wavelength as the rest of the team there. But it's not a very splashy acquisition. Some might say it's perfect, and I'd say it's fine. I'd be happy to have Terry as well. And giving up Kyle Lowry, that's not too bad at this stage in his career. I think he's run his course. I don't think he'll be around much longer. If the Sixers didn't have Pat Bev on their bench, I'd say bring on Lowry. But I don't think we need another guy who essentially does the same thing and is also old. But I am interested to see what happens to him, if he'll be traded, if he'll be bought out. He is a Philly guy, so it would be a nice story to bring him back. But that remains to be seen. Back to the Bucks, they were able to end the eight-game winning streak of the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday night. They did so with interim coach Joe Prunty, and they looked happy. It was a little strange. Otherwise, the rest of rivalry week hasn't felt like one. The Portland Trailblazers defeated the Houston Rockets, who have been on a really big drop-off. They looked like they were going to have a good year. And now it looks uh, not so much. It looks like not so much. Got a lot of work to do down there. Although I have loved watching Alpern and Sengun. That guy rules. One rivalry the NBA did get right is pairing up Victor Wenbanyama against Chet Holmgren this week. These matchups are a little unfair right now. Not one-on-one. They're perfect one-on-one. It's just you got the best team in the conference against the worst team in the conference. So the favor leans Holmgren, and maybe that's why he's also leading the expected rookie of the year voting. And if winning is part of your metric for voting on that, then that makes a lot of sense. On Thursday, the Washington Wizards quietly fired, but not really, Wes Unsell Jr. They're moving him to a front office role, which I think is a little bit of a nepotism in a way. They owe Wes Unsell Sr. for the rest of their lives. So so I guess it's not... A big surprise to see him being a little bit protective of Wes Unsell Jr. What happens, though, when they move him up to the front office? I know like in the past, there's been guys like Brad Stevens where they become like the general manager or whatever. But uh, that's after years and years of winning. Wes Unsell Jr. has not done well as a head coach. The Wizards won 77 and lost 130 games in his two and a half seasons with the team. No word yet on who the interim or replacement coach is going to be. They do say they're going to drag it out to the summer. That remains to be seen. Hey, Adrian Griffin needs a job. Maybe that's the right place for him too. Young guys, a team that needs more direction. Who knows? We'll see. Rivalry week continued on Thursday and all of the games, well, all the games, but one sucked. I sat down and tried to watch any of these. Of course, I started with the Sixers. That was a blowout immediately. The Pacers got their first win with Pascal Siakam. The Celtics destroyed the Miami Heat, 143-110. The Knicks even dominated the Denver Nuggets. Are the Knicks a real team? 
or are they just the four, five, six seed that doesn't really uh, threaten? It's just kind of there, really annoying, hard to beat, but ultimately unthreatening. I don't know. I think the tides are a change in. There's been talks of them adding another player like Bruce Brown from the Raptors. It'd be interesting if they do another trade with the Raptors. I don't know how concerned I'd be going against New York if they add another player like Bruce Brown, because it feels like they have a lot of Bruce Browns already. Save some Bruce Browns for the rest of us, please. But I don't know. We'll see. The Timberwolves squeaked one out over the Nets. I'm not sure how that one developed. Uh, It was a blowout and then it wasn't. I just woke up this morning and said, hey, a two point game. That's a surprise. It wasn't even close for most of the game. The one game that was what they'll call a thriller and what has actually become somewhat a rivalry was the Golden State Warriors against the Sacramento Kings. It was in San Francisco and featured an outstanding performance by Stephen Curry. No surprise there. But the surprise on this one was the big game from Harrison Barnes, a career night knocking down 39 points. You can try to call that a revenge game. I don't think it counts when it's been so long. I'm not sure I have the rules on that. The interesting thing was the way the game ended. Uh, you know, I like typically these last second shots when, you know, we're running down the clock and getting these uh, fantastic fadeaways or three pointers. But no, it was uh, back to back dunks on either end. The last one being from Arvidas Sabonis's son, Demontis Sabonis, to put the Kings up by one. And then a rare turnover by Steph Curry to end the game with the Kings victory 134, 133. A lot of people are panicking about the Warriors right now, and maybe that's justified. Perhaps they aren't a title contending team at this point. And if you're not, what's the point? I don't know. Ask the Chicago Bulls, but you can't blow it up, right? You got to ride Steph Curry to the grave, put whatever you can around him. I think it's time to let go of Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins, but I don't think they will. I think they'll stand pat. The big news on Thursday was the reveal of the All-Star starters. The game will take place in Indianapolis on February 18th, and the starters were revealed by the fellows on the TNT broadcast. The names that were read off, of course, were uh, no surprise to anybody except for one. In the East, you have Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, and the only one to cause any controversy, Damian Lillard. I wouldn't have put him there. I think I would have done the same thing everybody else was clamoring for. And that's Jalen Brunson. As much as I want to be a homer and put Tyrese Maxey there, I got to say Brunson probably deserves it more. And I'm sure Brunson and Maxey will make the team as reserves. I'm just being honest. In the West, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander were the expected names. And they were the names. Arguments, of course, could have been made for Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis. But who do you take off? For the first time in a long time, Stephen Curry was not listed as a starter. And though, of course, he deserves to be on a team, I think that uh, is a good indication of where the voting public is as far as basketball IQ and awareness of these new stars that are taking over the league. Seven more players from each conference will be revealed next week in a similar fashion to how they were this week on TNT as the all-star reserves. I hope to have you my picks of who I think it should be before then. And maybe someone else's as well. Looking ahead into the weekend, I don't know where exactly rivalry week ends because, as has been pointed out several times, there aren't a lot of rivalries here. The best games I see on the schedule for Friday night are the Suns at the Pacers, the Thunder at the Pelicans, and the Cavs at the Bucks. Saturday, things are a little more interesting with the Heat at the Knicks, the 76ers head to Denver, 
The Clippers go into Boston. The Pelicans are in Milwaukee. Both of them coming off back-to-backs. That'll be interesting. The Lakers at the Warriors and the Kings against the Dallas Mavericks. That's plenty to watch on Saturday. So it's no surprise there is nothing good on Sunday. But that's okay. We all need a break. And it seems the players and the league are looking forward to their break as well. Punks and Dunks will return next week. And I got a whole lot more for you. Do a little rundown. I'll bring on a guest for a bit of a conversation. We might even have some trivia. Who knows what's going to happen here with this podcast. That's kind of why I'm putting it out like this right now. When I started getting it out podcast, I had just made a rule for myself in 2018. I I think it was 2018 to have something out by the end of January. That's why it's called getting it out podcast. That's why it sucked for so many years until I figured out what to do with it. And I feel that's the best route to take with punks and dunks. So it'll be a slow roll. The show will find its feet naturally. Consider this like an expansion team. I know the podcast game, but I'm not sure how to play it in the sports world. But I'll get there. I'll get there. And maybe I'll move to Memphis too. If you yourself have any suggestions, please reach out to Dan at gettingitout.net. It'd also be helpful if you'd make me aware of musicians that you're aware of that are as equally interested in the NBA or basketball in general. I've got a few names in my Rolodex that I've already reached out to, and I anticipate having awesome conversations, which of course I'll share here with you. And you can listen for me to learn ways to incorporate NBA Jam sound effects as naturally as possible. You know I'll find a way. That's going to be it for this one. Thanks for checking in to episode one of Punks and Dunks. Much more to come. Boom shakalaka! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.